I want to take a moment just to pray right now before we dive into uh, the message this morning from God's Word. Uh, there's situations all around us. There's situations in your life that you have given to God maybe already. I want to agree with you in prayer today for God's strength to be yours and for you to be able to trust him. I want to just lift you up in these moments in prayer right now. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you because of what Jesus has done. We are able to approach your throne of grace, as the Bible says, and that's a place that we need to come often. And I pray for every individual watching and connecting in online right now or uh, sitting in the uh, drive-in movie theater in their vehicle, wherever they are, God, I pray that your strength would be infused into their hearts and minds, that they would open, your, uh, open their heart and life and mind to the fullness of God's strength and uh, allow your spirit to lift them up right now, to intervene in their situations and in the midst of uh, some challenges that they are facing, that they would sense your peace, and that they would know that, that they are in the palm of your hand and that you are carrying them. And Lord, may they allow you to do that. And may they sense the strength of God because of it in whatever situation is weighing on them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This message today is not part of a series. Our next series begins actually on Sunday, January 10th, and we're calling it One Kingdom Disciple. And this, I, I'm urging you to make these teachings, this 10-week series that we start January 10th, uh, just ask you and, and encourage you strongly to make these uh, teachings uh, a priority in your week as we look at the words of Jesus and of uh, the, the, some of the New Testament words about God's call, about the, the call of Jesus uh, to us as his followers and actually what that looks like. Some important teaching for us individually in our, in our walk as a Christ follower and certainly uh, important teachings for us as a church these days. Today's message is the God I know. And maybe as you hear that title, you have negative thoughts or feelings about the God you know or that you think you know. I, I would venture, if, if that's the case, I would venture a guess that those thoughts come to mind for you because maybe you've known people who have claimed to speak for God and yet they've hurt you or they've been idiots. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what the situation is, but I, I just encourage you today, don't let your perspective of who God is to be negatively shaped by or because of the imperfect people in your life at times or even from painful life experiences that you've had. What do you confidently know about the God of the Bible? What, what are you convinced of about his character? What have you experienced about the character of God and who he is in your life. A few weeks ago in my Bible reading time, I was journaling through uh, Psalm 9 and as I did, I was that particular day, especially as Psalms often do in my life and for many of you as well, I know, uh, I, I was so encouraged and strengthened inwardly as I reflected upon who God really is and the awesomeness of his character. And this Psalm, Psalm 9, brought it out for me that day. Uh, if, if you've spent any time in the Psalms, I'm sure you already know that the writings there, they often help to give us words for our circumstances, for the difficulties we're going through, even, even above and beyond uh, of trying to explain all the whys of those circumstances. Uh, the, the Psalms 
give us important reminders about God's character and they can shape our perspective um, even in the midst of things that, that just don't make sense in life. Much of what we read in the Psalms also strengthens our confidence in trusting God more fully and that's important. We need that as Christ followers and that's what I hope will be stirred up in your heart and mind today as we look at some of the verses of this psalm. So let's walk through, uh, again, a few verses, not all of them, of Psalm 9 together now, reading from uh, the New Living. And so here we have uh, shepherd boy turned king, David, is writing. And he's had lots of unbelievable, challenging, and, and crazy circumstances in his life. And so he's learning this about trusting God and trusting his character in uh, some of the hard knocks of life that, that came his way. Verse 1 and 2 says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Then down to verse 7, the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from his throne. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Some of you really need to hear that today. Uh, verse 10, those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Sing praises to the Lord who reigns in Jerusalem. Of course, the, uh, uh, the, the Jewish context there. Uh, sing praises to the Lord who reigns. Tell the world about his unforgettable deeds. There are Several aspects of God's character that David writes about in this psalm. But, under, but understanding all of that begins with a commitment to do a few things that honor God and, and lift up a weary soul or a, or a battered heart. And, and maybe that describes you at the end of the year that, that probably all of us would, would say has been not like none other we've ever experienced and we've ever lived in. But I want you to know today, deep in your soul, I really pray this settles within you solidly today. I, I want you to know you, you, you do not have to limp out of 2020. You do not have to just kind of crawl into 2021. We may feel like that right now, but I, I want you to focus on the words from God's word today that will, that will change that for you. We, we can actually be lifted up in strength. We can literally move into 2021 with God's strength, with, with anticipation of God's ongoing faithfulness and mercy toward us, even as we continue to live in a very broken and chaotic world. Please open your heart and your mind to the truths about God that are highlighted in this psalm today because doing so will reshape your perspective and, and your sense of hope in life right now. I believe that with all my heart. So truly knowing and experiencing God's character, it begins with what could be called the I wills. And we see four of them in verses one and two. We read them already. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your marvelous deeds. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praise to your name, he stresses a second time, he kind of bookends those I wills with, with the element of, of praise and honoring Jesus. There are new habits to be formed out of these simple verses, maybe, for, for you. Wholehearted praise is one of them. 
I was talking with a friend yesterday and he, he talked about uh, how he uh, has started to uh, engage with praise and worship and put some of his time with God is putting music on so that it's, it's, it's lifting his heart to focus on God's goodness. Um, and it's more than just the, you know, 15, 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. I thought that was great. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart, no matter what I feel like on a given day or in a given moment, no matter what I feel like, no matter what's going on, God is still worthy of praise. And me praising him changes things for me. Hebrews 13, 15, a book in the New Testament, says, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. What a great verse. Hebrews 13, 15. It's maybe one you want to memorize. And so what's meant by sacrifice of praise in the New Testament? Well, and in our lives, uh, there are times, we all know this as if we've journeyed with Christ for any length of time, we know that praising God, in, uh, when, when praising God comes easy, uh, let me rephrase that, praising God comes easy when we're in a season of life, when things are going well. Yeah, it's easy to do. So this sacrifice of praise idea, what's that all about? Well, there are other times when, when we feel Maybe like God has not acted in the way we think he should. Things are tough. Things are happening we don't understand. Or, you know, maybe we feel like it's him not changing our circumstances that we see as negative or detrimental. We, we can be rather short-sighted sometimes. There's opportunity for sacrifice of praise when we don't understand what's going on. During those times, God is still, as I said, he's still worthy of, of our praise. And praise is still appropriate and important and, and maybe even more so in times like that and beneficial for our own state of mind and state of heart. But it's during those times that it may require a bit of a personal sacrifice. Like the sacrifice of of what we think is best so that we can praise him. Or the sacrifice of laying everything about our lives and our future before God and saying, I don't get it, but I know you're still good and you're still faithful and you're still loving, so I will praise you in spite of how I feel. Christian friend, can you do that? I hope so. It's a choice and I need to make that same decision, that same choice many times like you do. And, and, and doing that, just it does something significant in our hearts and minds uh, and, and in our relationship with Jesus. I, I think it would be accurate to say that in tough times, many of us tend to begin to wonder about God's character instead of offering this, uh, this sacrifice of praise. Or maybe I, I think it's accurate to say as well that we too quickly say, uh, God isn't answering my prayers. Maybe it's not that he's not answering. Maybe it's just that his answer looks a, diff a little different than, than what we see as the best answer. Maybe his answer at times is actually no, because he can see the bigger picture. You see, when we pray in genuine surrender to God, knowing he loves us, and we're just praying in, in genuine surrender to his will, as an all-wise and an all-loving God, his answer can be yes, no, wait a while, or, or maybe it's sometimes something like this where he just says, you know what, 
my child, let's let's take what you're asking just a just a let's let's shift it, just a quarter turn because I see something that you don't. Just stay with me. He's a loving father. The point is that God is worthy of our praise no matter what's going on in our lives. And when we choose to praise him, we gain a better perspective in the midst of the tough stuff. And then verse 2 says, I will be filled with joy because of you. Joy. That's, that's a challenge to, 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 to sense in our hearts when we're going through the ringer, when, when times are tough. And Miriam and I have talked about that in our own lives. How does joy uh, f- feel? What does it look like? How can I, how can I have uh, my heart filled with joy when the circumstances might be so challenging? But joy comes, the Bible teaches, and, and many of us at times, we, we do know this in our, in our lives when we trust God fully and, and, and walk in this, th- these truths of God's word. And joy, not because of st- circumstances going my way. Not because things worked out exactly like I had been praying or hoping for. No, joy simply and only because of God, because he's there, because of who he is, because he dwells within me, because he's strengthening me, because I can trust his wisdom. He's enough to breathe joy, his gift of joy, into my heart and mind, even in the difficult times. We, we need to believe that. I, I believe it with all my heart. It's true. Each of these are choices that are uplifting. They're spiritually uplifting, mentally, emotionally uplifting choices, uh, speaking or singing praises to God, telling others of his amazing deeds, choosing to to be open uh, so that he can fill me with his joy. They're they're all choices, daily choices, moment-by-moment choices. And we see that, again, in the simple words that David used, I will praise you. I will tell of your excellent deeds. Maybe you need to make some choices for some of the patterns of your own life out of these two verses. Spend some time today reflecting on that and maybe journal, talk to God, write a letter to God about how you want to choose joy instead of complaining. Whatever it might be for you, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Now, let's skip down to verse 7. We look at some of the characteristics of God here. God is just. Verse 7 and 8, the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from his throne. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. His righteous judgment comes out of who he is, his character. The the perfect and all-wise Lord and King. Since he created the universe, he created everything, he can rule over it and judge as he sees fit. He's a completely righteous perfect judge. We need to remember as well that God will uh, judge in the future at some point. We must never forget that there will be a time when God, in his holy, perfect character of justice and perfect righteousness, will make things right in this sin-marred and, and broken world. He will. The Bible speaks of that. And in all of that, you need to remember that if you are In Christ, you've surrendered uh, your life to him. You've asked him to be the forgiver of your sin and the leader of your life. You need to remember that that judgment for your sin was already put on Christ. So it's not going to be put on you. It was put on Christ at the cross. And therefore, you will enter into the joy of God's presence eternally because of that sacrifice of Jesus. 
and his resurrection that you, that you have already chosen to apply to your life. And if you haven't, you can do that right now, even as I'm speaking. Tell God you want him in your life. Tell him you want to turn from your old ways. Tell him you want to, you, you want to know his gift of eternal salvation and receive it, the Bible says, just by, just by faith. Then, verse 9, God's a refuge. He's a refuge. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. God's character of compassion shows here. Those who are mistreated can be sheltered and take refuge in him. And he, and he wants us, uh, he wants to use his followers to lead the oppressed to his strong arms of love and protection. And some of you are engaged very actively in that type of, of ministry and way to go for that. That's, that's God-honoring. In his book, God in a Brothel, investigator Daniel Walker recounts his attempts to infiltrate brothels and, uh, and gather evidence so that he could release women and children from sex trafficking. He describes his initial fears in this work and how he overcame those fears with a deep-seated confidence in God's sovereign rule. And sovereign just means God's king. He's in control. And, and this author, Daniel Walker, recognized this. Even in a, a despicable brothel, he wrote, I had not been conducting investigations into sex trafficking for very long, and being inside a brothel still left me feeling vulnerable and afraid. I was afraid of my sinful nature. I was afraid of perpetrators and corrupt officials who were profiting from organized crime. And I was afraid of going into what I perceived as enemy territory, speaking in spiritual terms there. But as he closed his eyes and prayed, suddenly he says that God completely changed his perspective. He writes, a still voice reminded me that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, the destroyer, Satan himself. A little verse from the New Testament in 1 John 4.4. He said, I knew that God was in that brothel before I arrived. He was suffering with the victims and sharing in their tears any uncertainty I previously had about walking into such a dark and evil place vanished. Though not audible, or though not audibly, I did hear his command to go boldly in his name to these places to rescue the oppressed. It's powerful. God is a refuge. And, and your circumstances are probably not what I just described. But verse 9 tells us that God is a refuge for those who are in trouble of any kind. And if you are in trouble, feeling like you're in trouble, in some way, relationally, financially, uh, spiritually, emotionally, whatever it is, God is a refuge and invites you to run to him. Do it today. Take him up on this offer. Maybe that's foreign territory for you and you're alone right now and you don't even know what that looks like. Turn to God, the God who loves you, who created you, and just say, God, I'm here. I need you. Open. Open your heart. Open your mind. And he will meet you. I have absolute confidence in that. He is more than enough for you and your situation today. And then God is trustworthy. Verse 10, it says, Those who know your name trust in you, for you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. I, I love that. I love that. Most of us know what it feels like to be let down. And some, some of you some of you experience deep and, and painful uh, betrayal and, and, and uh, just a a, 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 a hit in the area of trust. And that's, that's, that's just so painful, hard to come back from. 
I tell you confidently today that God's character is absolute trustworthiness. The historical manifestation of God's name and character show that he can be completely dependent upon. In other words, the historical record of the Bible and the, the history in, in, in what, what, what we read here and the history of many of our lives as Christ followers, mine included for sure, display, show that God can be completely trusted. His name backs up his character and when you know him, you can confidently trust him. And does that mean that everything in life is going to go exactly as you think it should? No, but it goes back to that, what we were talking about briefly about when we're praying about our circumstances, there's this element of trusting God and knowing we're living in a broken world and God is always there to sustain us and, and uh, bring calm in our minds and hearts and bring strength in our minds and hearts in the midst of the storm that sometimes life is. Just because life is unfair does not change the character of God. God is still good. God is still just. God is still loving. God is still able. But for a time, we live in a broken world, yes. God's name backs up his character. And his, his help is there for those who seek him, the scripture says here. We will, we will find him turning. He's already turned toward us, actually. And, but when we turn his direction, he is, he is right there to meet us with his care and compassion and strength. David also wants us to know that God is powerful in verse 11. Sing praises to the Lord who reigns in Jerusalem. Tell the world about his unforgettable deeds. We see, we see God's great power implied in this verse in the words the Lord reigns because when you reign you're you're powerful we also see it in the reference to his unforgettable deeds powerful deeds that only God can do it takes power to do those unforgettable deeds and this verse contains the element of telling others about God and what he does telling others about God's unforgettable deeds reminds me of the story in 2 Kings 7 where four men in that story had leprosy and they were, because of their leprosy, they were put out of the city actually at that time. And, and there was a famine in their land and so things just, for these guys, are not looking good at all. They're desperate. And finally, they're sitting outside the city gates and, and they, they say, let's go to the Syrian camp, so to an enemy camp, and let's, let's, um, let's surrender to them. I mean, they may kill us. I mean, we're going to die anyway, but they might let us live. Let's, let's do it. So they make this decision to go to uh, the Syrian camp. They get to the edge of the camp, and to their surprise, verse 5 in 2 Kings 7, there was no one there, it completely abandoned. And they're going, what is going on? This is so weird. But it was amazing. It was it, completely abandoned with all their goods and possessions left behind because the story says, and God can do this kind of thing, He's a miracle-working God, actually. He made it sound like there was a big army coming and the, the, the people in the camp, men, women, children, everybody, they bolted, leaving everything behind. And so these four guys, uh, they're, just, they're just amazed. They're starting to carry everything away. They're hiding the items for future use, so clothing and gold and silver and, and, and PVRs or whatever they had back then. And they're, they're eating and they're drinking. and just It's an amazing thing. And then suddenly one of them says, we're not doing right, keeping this good news to ourselves. We need to go back, we need to tell our king so our people can also benefit from this 
find from, from this good news. And so, so they got the message to their king and shared about the news, uh, shared this news about, about what they had found. And it benefited others. That's why God wants us, as Christ followers, to talk about God and his grace and his love and his, the assurance of salvation eternally that he gives to us. And the wisdom he gives to us to live, live this life. His unforgettable deeds he wants us to share. The point here is that th- these men realized that they, they needed to share the good news with others so they could also, those other, the, the rest of their people could be, could be saved in the midst of the famine. Well, there's a spiritual famine. There's a spiritual famine and God wants us to, to tell the world about him and about his unforgettable deeds and primarily the unforgettable deed about his amazing gift of forgiveness that he offers freely because his son died in our place and rose again and so that we can live forever. That's an amazing thing that God has done, that he provides for us. And there's people in my life and in your life that need to hear that good news message because it impacts their their eternal destiny. It's big stuff. The writer in Psalm 71, 15 and 17 says, I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power. Though I am not skilled with words, he says he'll do that. I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. Oh God, I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. What a, what a great statement. And even, even better, what a great way to live. Not skilled with words, like many of us, but willing to and excited to share about the wonderful things God does and has done. God is reminding us that he wants us to share the simple good news message of who he is and of the things he has done in our lives and especially, again, that Jesus gave his life so we could live forever. That's amazing. That's his gracious character that he wants everyone to know experientially. I want to give you some homework out of this psalm today as we close. And I would love to see your writings on on these two two things. I want you to actually write your own psalm. So it comes out of the essence of this psalm, but it's, 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 I want you to write your own psalm. Poem is psalm, what it means. I want you to write about why you're grateful for God's faithfulness and how it's been shown, his faithfulness, how it's been shown in your life. And maybe even in the midst of a current struggle that you're facing. Sometimes our, our focus and our eyes only see the struggle and we forget, we for, easy to forget, any one of us, about God's faithfulness. This exercise will help us remember and identify and be thankful for God's faithful character. So. Write about why you're grateful for God's faithfulness and how it's been shown in your life, maybe even in the midst of a current struggle. I want you to write a sentence or a paragraph, whatever. Spend some time reflecting and and writing about that. And the second part of this is I want you then to write a prayer that is your uh, call on God. Some of you need to do that today. Write a prayer that is your call on God to asking him to show his power, his strength, his grace in your life. And and I encourage you, write write with conviction. 
but also with, with faith and with hope, knowing, trusting God's character as, as described here in Psalm 9. Okay? So those two things. Write about what you're grateful for, for God's faithfulness, about God's faithfulness and how it's shown in your life, and then write a prayer that is your call on God for him to, to show up in all of his power and strength and grace in your life. Write openly and honestly. God's big enough to handle it. I, would, I mean that. If you're comfortable sharing with me what you wrote in response to this today, I would, I would really value the opportunity to, to read that and I'm sure be encouraged myself by, by reading what you wrote. You can email me, uh, marlo, M-A-R-L-O, at eaglemontchurch.ca. I want to pray right now for those who might want to surrender their life to Jesus. We've talked about that in this message briefly. God loves you. He sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came willingly to die in your place so you could live forever. And there's no hoops to jump through. It's, it's a step of faith to say, I trust you, Jesus. I, I ask you to be the forgiver of my sin because it's our sin that keeps us from God eternally and, and relationally. And I, I ask you, God, to be the, the leader of my life because you know best. You love me most and, and know me best, so why wouldn't I surrender my life and my future and my eternity to you? If that's the desire of your heart today, I'm going to ask you to let us know because we want to just help you and, and be excited together with you for the decision you're making, the choice, the choice of surrender and commitment to Jesus today. And I want to pray. You pray in your own words. You talk to God and tell him you want him in your life and you're turning from your sin. And Lord God, I thank you for those uh, to whom you're speaking right now. And they know they, 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 they need to step into a relationship with you. Not earn their way in by works, but, but in this moment, in childlike faith, step in, trusting you, trusting your gift that you're offering them for free. And Jesus, I pray that you would make your truth known, like you said in the New Testament, that you are indeed the way, the truth, and the life. As people turn to you now, I thank you for the forgiveness they will receive and the entrance freely into the eternal family of God in this moment. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and expressed that to God, again, would love to, love to hear about that. And you can text the word Jesus to the number that you see on the screen and that'll give us the opportunity just to answer any questions you have and maybe give you some resources that could be helpful in your new walk with Christ. So have a great Sunday and Happy New Year.